Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date Mailbag Edition. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. Uh, first mailbag of the new year. May yeah. it be stuffed with treats, like baby Jesus was. The um, I mean, we're a whole year ahead of this, but we're we're almost into the twenties now. We're getting there. Like that's fucking coming up, and then we'll get to start calling the year like twenty dickety three. Right, it was the twenties that the Kaiser stole their word yes, for. Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah, it is the first mailbag of twenty nineteen. You want to just jump right into it? Um, let's jump into it. Like it's one of them pools with the fish that eat the things off your feet. Yeah. By that I mean, let's dangle our feet. <laughs> we could dangle them. <laughs> On the twentieth, Ben wrote in. Uh, at brother date, I was all proud of myself when I recognized the sound of the mountain goats on an episode of The Walking Dead. Ooh. Yeah. So you were right. Ben does know enough of the mountain goats. Yeah, I looked it up. It was the song Up the Wolves, which, uh, did not, it made my initial list, but did not make your bracket, so. Do you you look up what season that was? Nah. Because I haven't watched in a long time. I definitely would not have recognized it. Yeah, well, after this, though, after you've listened to all of these dumb Mountain Goat songs, you will at least recognize the style enough. I was going to say, I think I've already picked up the thread, I think. Yeah. You've got it? <laughs> yeah. You think you feel like you've got it? Yep. On January 3rd, Ryan wrote in, uh, sorry about that, I'm back. Then he wrote, Barry's voicemails, body, mm-hmm. are my new favorite mailbags, are my favorite mailbags. Ooh, I wonder if we got any of those. Did we get any more? We don't have any new ones. I know they've been what? on holiday vacations. So Why do they have so many holidays? And why does uh, Ryan have so many holidays? I feel like he's always just taking these long absences from the pod. Yeah. Who can say? We keep doing these goddamn things yeah, whether or not anyone listens to them. I want a fucking holiday. You know what I did for my holiday? I hung out with my weird family. Yeah. It was weird. I don't know how much I want to get into it, but it got real weird. It was pretty weird. Uh, on the 4th, Ryan wrote, driving to the cabin, gonna catch up on the pod now. We'll see if that was true or not. Okay. Uh, and on the 6th, Shannon wrote in, we're a bit behind here, but Hubby and I both agree with you on John Hamm versus Nathan Fillion. Classically handsome and funnier, too. Wow. So. That's it for the Philly. I called it. Nate the Philly Fillion. Nathan Fillion, you had your moment in the sun, but now we have John Hamm. And you look, you're looking bloated these days anyway. You look like a bloated one. You're doing another law enforcement show on CBS, I think. So, yeah, uh, the uh, the rookie. Yeah, I so, don't know if it's on CBS, but Castle was. I just assume it's the same. The rookie was that movie with um, <clears throat> shit, I can't think of his name. That real that farm boy. He he played a baseball pitcher. 
but he was like 40, but he was a rookie for the Rays. <sighs> the guy that farm boy, the guy from Signs. All right, here we go again. <laughs> I'll just that's cool. Uh, I'll just no, nah, it's fine. Mel I'll Gibson? Just, nope, <laughs> the other one. No, oh, that wasn't was Mel Joaquin Gibson. Phoenix in Signs. Hold on, you're right. That was Mel Gibson. What am I thinking of? Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to get this resolved. Toot sweet. Right here. Um, no, it only wants to show me the Nathan Fillion show. Right, I'm going to go back to... I'm gonna, no, Signs doesn't work. <sighs> well, no, because now you feel like maybe you weren't thinking of Signs. It's not Signs. It's definitely not Signs. It's, um, what was that one where you could talk to someone through a radio? Uh, <laughs> What? <laughs> This is good. I'm glad this is happening. This is what I wanted. <clears throat> well, Marjan, Marjan one, knows who I'm talking about. That one a real that. farm boy. He was in the movie where he could talk to someone through a radio. Yeah, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Is Are you talking about Jodie Foster in the movie Contact? I'm not. But who else was in that, just in case? I don't. Uh, look, I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe I don't remember his name. The fuck are you talking about? Hold on. Hold on. The rookie movie i'm about to get there i spelled rookie with three o's though <laughs> well <laughs> maybe that'll help you disambiguate it's, from it's, nathan fillion's new tv show i was thinking of dennis quaid dennis quaid okay oh, but hold on let me see where, <laughs> all right i get it let me see he, what movie he was in where he where he we could talk to someone through a radio hold on i'm gonna figure this out um probably probably before the alamo F- frequency okay <sighs> <laughs> so not signs no, it wasn't Signs. Okay. It was Frequency. The farm boy was Dennis Quaid, and there, were, there was a movie called The Rookie, and he played a baseball pitcher in it. All right. All right. I get it. He the, he looks like a real farm boy. Yeah. <clears throat> so it makes sense. He was in that disaster movie, The Day After Tomorrow. They play that on TNT every day. Uh, Was he in Independence Day also? Oh, boy. I mean, maybe I mean, not. a lot of people were in that. I felt like he was. There was a Bill Pullman in that. I feel like he played a drunk in it or something. No, that was a different guy. Oh, okay. Different different white well, guy. Was it Randy Quaid? I hope so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, on the 6th, Ryan wrote in, that's cute, and then in parentheses, time's up, Kronos. I don't know what that refers to. Oh, did one of us say time's up, Kronos, and he's saying that's cute because Kronos sounds Cause like... Because Kronos sounds like Kronos. 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 <laughs> the time. Just time. This isn't a good mailbag so far. Did you? This seems like a joke you would have made in regard to maybe the House of Quark. Uh or uh, maybe when Sulu was on and the Praxis thing happened. Well, why would that be times up? Well, because that was it for them, right? That their empire was supposed to break, break down oh, after that. I don't know. Look, Who knows? I don't know. Ryan, tell us what it was about. We don't know. No one knows. <sighs> also on the 6th, Ryan writes, at what point does uh, Ben become an honorary brother and get official track scores? Hmm. That's not something he should want. <laughs> yeah, why is Ryan interested in this? Well, no, I don't care about Ryan, but I mean, even Ben shouldn't want to have his scores counted in the Star Trek project. For one thing, he'd have to put in more work than he's putting in now. Yeah, he'll have to actually go on the pod and do a three-hour pod. Right. When, by the way, it would certainly be longer than three hours. With the, with the third member? <laughs> Bump that shit up to five. <laughs> solid five hours for sure. Uh, it would be cool 
neither one of us would have to read three episode descriptions. But also, can you imagine coordinating it? Like, we'd have to all get our work in and all set aside half a day to record. Yeah, normally I just kind of message you and like, I don't know, is today good? What day's good? And then we just go. A third person would complicate it. Right now he's got the best of both worlds. He sends his notes <laughs> and we read them. If he doesn't send them in, uh, it doesn't matter. That's true. Like, he's fine. He's, he doesn't act, he, not actually obligated to do this. But he keeps sending them. He does keep doing if it. If it didn't matter and whether he's, I he's sent the them, official I, tiebreaker. I wouldn't send them. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, for sure. I, I would never send one again if it didn't matter. <laughs> and also, I'd stop watching most of them, and I think I would probably just continue watching TNG. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you were doing when we did this project, when we started that's when it. we started this project, yeah. Uh, also, the remake of The Parent Trap and the remake of Footloose. Oh, that's what you'd get get big into? No, that's what Dennis Quaid has been in. Oh, okay, cool. He's in the Man. Both, both of those remakes. He didn't make it into the Herbie the Love Bug with Lindsay Lohan, though? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't remember him in that one. He was in the Alamo. Remember that feast? Uh, I did I do not. I do, I don't see I don't see most movies. And he was in a G.I. Joe movie. Oh shit. I saw <laughs> the second G.I. Joe movie. Rise of the Cobra? Yeah. He played General Hawk. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. On the 7th, uh, Shannon wrote in, at Brother Date, the kid and I just watched an episode of the new MLP series. I think that's My Little Pony. I figured it out from context. Which featured a godlike entity called Discord who played a game with the ponies to test them. Voiced by John Delancey. Yeah, so essentially someone was like, described... And perchance for interest's sake, a deadly game. What? What are you talking about? Why'd you say it like that? It's, uh, uh, it sounds like he's doing something, guys. What's he talking about, though? Uh, yeah, like somebody described uh, a plot and then went, you know, like Q from Star Trek. Who should we get for it? Hey, what's he doing? I don't know, Q, I guess, from Star Trek. That sounds terrible. Uh, it does. Ryan responded to that saying he didn't know if he loved it or hated it. And Shannon said she was the same, but she felt like she was leaning towards hate. Well, she had to watch it. Shannon also... Go ahead. Well, she had to watch it, right? She did have to watch it and probably more than one episode. Yeah. But because she just has her her daughter watching it with her, she doesn't have to deal with bronies. Wait, what's a bronies? Joe Bronies? Bronies are adult male fans of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. No! Yeah. That's not good. Hey, this this farm boy was in a... They got like a whole community, and um, as all internet communities go, they're half trash. This this farm boy was in a movie with Jung Ziyi called Horseman. (laughs) Well, I would see it. I think it's about a serial killer, it looks like. Is Jung Ziyi the serial killer? Almost certainly. The the plot here on the Wikipedia doesn't want to give it away. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, I think it is. Does, is she listed as having two names? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, she plays two characters. She's the, she's the serial killer for sure. <laughs> that is typically, that's a giveaway, and I believe in this case I gave it away. <clears throat> oh, well. Uh, still would see it. 
I'm pretty much down for all of her movies. It's from 2009 or something. Oh, that's when she was making movies. Yeah. I, have you seen her in anything in the last 10 years? I have not. And it's not like you can really age out, because I think Gong Lee's in movies still. So I think you yeah. can still be in them. She must be busy. Yeah. Uh, Shannon uh, wrote, at Brother Date, I was secretly Aunt Jemima because I would fall asleep on late night IM sessions and you, and that's me in this case, said I was actually off providing syrup to people eating pancakes in other part of the wor- parts of the world. Not sure why Ryan t- tweeted about it, though. Uh, was that a non sequitur or some kind of inside joke? Is she like mad? Is she like a maple uh, hobbyist? Ryan, Ryan just posted uh, that. Oh, uh, shit, dog, I don't remember. That was <laughs> fully 20 years ago now. I was going to say, that's a weird thing to say about somebody. Yeah, for sure, 20 years ago. Uh, And it's book report time. Oh, good. So, Shannon writes, The Phantom Tollbooth. This one was tough to get through, and I almost gave up, so sorry for the delay. It's the story of Milo, a boy who doesn't like learning. (laughs) One day, a tollbooth appears in his room. He drives a little car through it and arrives in the land beyond. The land beyond, in the land beyond, a lot of weird crap happens. My guess is the author thought himself very clever, but it's just tedious even for a children's book. I've poorly combined some photos of a particularly egregious section. Yeah, I read this section. It's like uh, the kid goes to a door that says the giant, but it's a regular sized dude, and he says he's the world's smallest giant. But but he's like, I don't know the answer to your question. You should go ask the midget. And I don't think you can say that anymore. But he goes to the midget, and the midget's a regular sized guy, and he's like, oh, I'm the world's tallest midget or whatever. And then he goes to a, a fat guy who's a regular-sized guy who's the thinnest fat guy, etc., etc. I think that they, uh, by the way, they all look the same. Yeah, they're like... And it may, may just be one person answering all the doors. It yeah. doesn't really matter. Uh, there is a typo in this book. Oh, nice. And just in, in the, the part section that, that she sent, yeah. it says, How are you, inquired the man who looked exactly like to the giant? Uh, yeah, either is acceptable. <laughs> like or liked there I've, I've that's what i think <laughs> so that'll tell you about the quality of this book uh she finishes the book report milo learns that the place is so odd partly because the brother kings of dictionopolis and digitopolis yeah. are feuding and banished their sisters rhyme and reason milo takes it upon himself to rescue the princesses he succeeds learning importance of wisdom in the process man <clears throat> that does sound lame i'm gonna say i don't know if i ever read it I certainly don't remember it at all. No, this is not ringing any bells for me. No. Um, Marjan suggested the next one should be something like um, Where the Red Fern Grows. Oh, yeah, Where the Red Fern Grows or Ferns Grow. For Ferns? Ferns Grow. Which one is it? Dog, I don't know. Um, <laughs> either's acceptable. And uh, she also, maybe like a, a bonicula, but that one seems pretty straightforward. Like, I kind of remember... There's a bunny, and he drink, he drinks up the juice out of, out of those ve- vegetables. Um, but otherwise, he's vampire-like. Or maybe like Little House on the Prairie, because like, I think that's... I remember that that's depressing, but I don't remember why. <laughs> so. Well, you should pick one so that that's, that's, Shannon can go back on the fucking clock. I, I will give Shannon a choice between Little House on the Prairie and where the red fern or ferns grow or grows. Yeah. The fern, the fern or ferns. The growing ferns of the red time. Then place. Um, boy, that's it for the mailbag this week. <clears throat> a lot of short, a lot of short little things. One, 
uh, one book report. That book sounds like a stinker. Well, we only went off on one weird uh, um, tangent, and it was about uh, this old farm boy here. <laughs> and um, I just noticed, bro, they're going to make another Midway movie. Like the movie Midway. Yeah. Um, From back when? The olden times. I mean, Midway's cool. Midway is super cool. And he's going to play... Doesn't say. <laughs> he's, he's in it. He's not Nimitz. I don't know who else he is. <laughs> going to play Yamamoto? You, you want to know who Nimitz is? Yes. Maybe this will pique your interest. Woody Harrelson. Is it our grandfather? Because that's kind of what I picture. It is our grandfather, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> As Admiral Chester As Nimitz. Chester Nimitz? <laughs> so that's actually, I mean, okay. All right, yeah, I'm into it. Let's see. Do you, do you think that he's going to be trying to find snowballs or <laughs> um, just a, just being a bitter old drunk? Yeah, they'll make I'm him sure. a, a good-natured drunk. Yeah. Who Who is uh, calm under pressure. It's got Mandy Moore in it. Oh, Scott as them. as what I wonder. As Anne Best, I assume that's a historical person, but I don't know who it is. Yeah, it's got Aaron Eckhart. Uh, because ooh. of the way the military was structured, there weren't too many ladies involved in Midway. No, not really. There's Nick Jonas though. Nick Jonas is in it. Cool. He's I... he is playing Bruno. Oh, he's not playing like a like an Avenger or. Uh... <laughs> Such as a Hellcat, a Hellcat pilot? No, I don't think so. Or one of the planes. No, I meant the plane. Yeah, for sure, the plane <laughs> would be actually really good. CGI his face under the front of one of those fuckers. No, there's just a bunch of them on the deck, and he's also standing among them, <laughs> where there should be a whole plane just with his arms like going. And he runs and jumps off the deck. That'd be great. Exactly. Uh, so uh, some guy named uh, Tadanobu Asano as Rear Admiral Yamaguchi. Cool. Don't know Christy him. Yamaguchi. Don't know him. Uh, I thought it said one of the Sklar brothers was in it, but it's some other guy. Sklenar. So that's happening. I mean, like I get it. Midway, big, important battle. Interesting. You know know I'm a late golf man. I know. They're not going to make that movie, though, because Americans are so blundering in it. It has blundering Americans. Yeah, well, I mean, James Bond is kind of a blunderer. He keeps getting movies. Guy gets captured like three times a movie. He's worse in the books. Don't read the books. I don't want to. I remember when you read all of the books. Did you read all of no, the books? All of the ones written by. I was gonna say Arthur Conan Doyle, but That's of course right. I mean all Ian of Fleming. the James Bonds of uh, Doyle. Doyle's work. Um, I only know the names of about five English authors. But wasn't that still a sizable number of shitty books? I feel like it's 13. I think there's 13 or something like that. Seems uh, like plenty. James Bond novels. They're short, they move fast, and they're dumb. And I wouldn't do it again. But you know how I am. Like, I will do a whole series of things. Yeah. Just to calm my mild OCD. You're not afraid to dive all the way in. Yeah. I'll get into a shit. Get messy. Not just dangle. I dangle. I just dangle my feet in a little bit. There you go. When was the last time you went swimming? Oh, boy. Uh, I think in, <clears throat> like, 2008, 
I visited Katie while she was house sitting and someone in Florida that had a pool. That sounds nice. Sounds private. I feel like that was literally the last time I went swimming was uh, now over a decade ago. I swam several times in the middle of that shitty apartment complex in Mountain View, and I always thought people were watching me. Well, that apartment complex was set up like a panopticon specifically to watch the pool. It's fucking creepy. Just every Every window. apartment had a good view of the pool. And just facing right out onto the pool. And I was like, I know I'm looking fucking sexy out here. And everyone's looking at me. Looking at my nips and everything. Keep your eyes to yourself. I just kept screaming out, stop looking at my nips. There were kids there, though. So it's they didn't like that so much. Uh, yeah, I, yeah the, so I went swimming in Mountain View a lot, but before that, it had been a really long time. Because, you know, when you got, like, access to a pool that yeah. only you go to, that's the good stuff. But when there's a bunch of people around, it ruins, like everything, it, it ruins it. You know, Rick's got uh, three kids, and uh, that uh, means they don't travel that much. He keeps trying to get me to go up to Washington by offering me this lake house that his parents have up there. That does sound nice. Well, it does, except not in January, right? But uh, So maybe I'll swim in a lake this year. We'll see. Sounds nice. That sounds like um, maybe you'll get your groove back. Uh, listen, it could happen. <laughs> I'll meet a nice man who speaks yes. my language and can explain. Who respects you as a person. is not just after right. you for sex reasons. But yep. then, And it's not part of any kind of spy plot, but, it turns out. But then you're going to have also the best sex of your life. Yeah. Because you'll feel safe. Yeah, this is going to be a good trip. I think this I'm is looking be forward good. to it. I'm, I'm pretty much. I'm looking forward to it. I want to go on a trip where I get my groove back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all well, right. it should be a different trip. I don't think we should both try to get our grooves back at the same lake house. I no, feel like. we could run weird. into each other having some circumstances. Well, well, and also the two of us have a weird energy together that I think would probably <laughs> interfere, repel anybody who was trying to help you with your groove. Well, I mean, that definitely would repel outsiders, but also uh, the mindset that I get into when you and I are riffing right. is not sexual. does not no, allow well, not for sexuality. Usually. Certainly not usually. No. It would be a rare situation. It'd just be hard hard to work my groove into all of that. It's so. not a workaholic situation where I look at you and you look at me and then we go, bro, are you torqued? <laughs> you know? Like that, that one where they I, kept. I feel like ca- that they was were about the first the first show to really capitalize on the humor of erections. <laughs> that one where they kept almost getting into a fight, but every time they'd have to take a break because one of them was torqued. Yep. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite episodes: the one where he quits to become a professional bodybuilder. That is a very good <laughs> episode. I also like. I feel like it's just a cold opener. Some some other interstitial. The one where. Um, uh, Blake is taking stripping classes. Oh, yeah. And he's got his cop uniform and everything. That's a good one. Uh, and also the one that you can't do. You shouldn't do and you can't do it. The one about the child molester. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool and they just can't stop hanging out with him because he's really cool. Even though he is obviously a child molester. It's a good show about bad people. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the recommendation for this week. Please check out the catalog of workaholics. They are done. There aren't any new ones. Um, also, who's better uh, than Jillian on that show? I mean, she got her own show for a bit, and then it never came back. The idiot sitter show that was also pretty funny. 
No, but she does keep showing up in um, movies about girls' trips or girls' nights or whatever, playing basically that character. Yes, playing um, strange, strange fat lady. Yeah, well, she's got a lot of at like she has a lot of attributes in in this characterization. Dumb is usually one of them. <laughs> Dumb for sure. Yeah, horny definitely uh-huh. uh, comes comes to the forefront quite a bit. And you're right, yeah, strange, strange is definitely Yeah, strange cares. <clears throat> yeah. She has strange cares for sure. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, we did a we did a project, right? We yes, should we, we did. should just do the project. Alright. I was just riffing a little bit. Mountain Goats Bracket. <laughs> it's not scientific. Your your voice pitched so low, I thought there was an alien or something. <laughs> I asked Mountain you, goats I asked you before we started recording how many half steps down you pitched your voice when you do um, no. your your intros, <laughs> and it turns out you don't. You just do it with your mouth. Yeah, I use the inside of my skull as a sounding chamber. <laughs> Problem is, uh, when I do it this way, I suffer from intense blackout or intense headaches and blackouts. Yeah, and I whereas I just I, I just lowered my voice a major third in audacity, so <laughs> so it sounds like a like a Halo bad guy or something. Uh, yeah, a little bit like the Arbiter. Did you play Halo? <laughs> uh, only at uh, George's place. I, I would play okay. it every once in a while with George. Oh, so you played uh, only competitive? Halo. Oh, you are incorrect. He would ask me to play and then watch me play. You know, I think he might have got some kind of weird thrill out of it. Of, out of watching you play Halo? Out of watching me play single player Halo. Oh, that's weird. Why would he invite me to his bedroom and make me play single player? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Well, you know what? I was having a good time. He was having a good time. It's fine. I don't judge. <clears throat> um, All right. So we put together this bracket. Yes. We talked about it a little bit last time. It's based on uh, what we did for the Zep bracket. There's 32 of these dang old mountain goats tracks that have been bracketized for a tournament. Yes. A tournament where I will crown the victor. That's right. This is a... uh, The idea of this is just to get you to listen to the mountain goats. The same way your idea was really just to get me to listen to Led Zeppelin. It worked. I listened to 16 of them already. You did. You've listened to half of the songs. Mm -hmm. Some of them you will have to listen to again. Not half of the mountain goat songs, because apparently they've made several hundreds. No, but you've listened to 5% of the mountain goat songs, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Maybe 3%. Well, I, I chose winners, and I took notes, and I have a few clips to play, too. So we can we can jump into this motherfucker. All right. Did you do the blue and green? I did blue brackets? and green because I started from the top. All right. Well, then let's start by uh, with the, the very first matchup between uh, number one and number eight in the blue division. That's uh, Chanson de Bonchose off of Nine Black Poppies, which is a lo-fi track. Mm-hmm. And it is going up against the song Baboon off of The Coroner's Gambit, which is a deep indie track, which you could tell by the name, The Coroner's Gambit. Yeah. <clears throat> so the winner I picked in this one was uh, Chapeau de Bon Jovi. Okay. Which is, that's that way I can pronounce it for sure. Um, so on first listen, this was like, I was like, okay, this is like a tight little number. Like he's just, he's banging away on this, uh, on this acoustic. Yep. I see what you mean by lo-fi, though. 
Yeah, it definitely was recorded into a boombox microphone. It's very stripped instrumentation, obviously, and almost there's not a lot of um, variation as the song progresses. And it made me wonder if I'd get bored of it really quick because there isn't like a deeper level to it. Um, but I will I'll play what I liked about the song. Okay. Okay, don't be insulted. That was only the beginning. My point was, uh, I, I like that progression a little bit in the beginning, especially before I'd heard it a bunch. And then um, sort of an unorthodox starting point for him to jump in singing. Yeah, so that song uh, has an odd chord change where the very first chord in there, that E that he plays, uh, is not is not normally in the key of the song. Right. So the very first chord changes a, an E to an F right at the beginning. And then every time it drops back to that E, it's a little bit unsettling because it doesn't really belong there. Yeah. And that's what I like out of most things these days. Uh, I have a music rut that goes on forever. And I'm just constantly listening to hear things that sound a little bit different or odd because that's typically what jumps out and makes me listen to it again and again and again. So anything like that that I hear where I'm like, oh, that sounds a little bit different. Like, that's not how you would normally do it. That's that's usually what grabs me. Do you have a bass boost on on your iPod, oh. or is that just what was coming over to my speakers? <clears throat> um, I'm not... oh, it's weird to talk about the sound quality of a Mountain Goat song. <laughs> You're like, that doesn't sound good. Not like the Mountain Goat song that I know. <laughs> that's not how that's supposed to <laughs> that sound. That sounds really good when I listen to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to check the settings right now. It's possible it's just the bad audio quality of this convoluted setup over here. But, um... Uh, yeah, it was the winner for me. Uh, Baboon, here's what I have written down on my notes here. Uh, I'm worried this is going to be a Smiths-like situation where all the songs are similar enough that not only are they like totally recognizable as belonging to this one act after a second or two of the song, but also you start to feel like they should have only made the one song. <laughs> and you know he's made a lot of them. And then I thought, oh, he's made like hundreds of these fucking things. <laughs> Yeah, I think I like this one less partially because I heard it second and partially because he sounds kind of like an angry weirdo. And I'm like, hey, bro, we all got shit. Well, maybe calm down a bit. Like, I bet it's not that bad. That's what <laughs> I was thinking when I was listening. <laughs> so it was um, it was uh, it was Chapeau to Bon Jovi that moved on for me. All right. Uh, that was my number one seed uh, for the lo-fi division okay for the lo-fi tracks and uh it it got to be number one in here in the blue division so that was a number one versus a number eight so not a surprise really yeah and again um can you briefly describe your seeding strategy yeah so uh i picked a top eight for each uh each classification each category each era of mountain goat songs mm -hmm. and they are ranked Although, depending on how many songs I was eliminating and how many rounds it took to eliminate, the rankings are more significant in some divisions than in others. Okay. So, 
uh, but it's just based in general. On, I'm pretty happy with the number ones. It's just based on what you what you liked better. Which ones are yeah? The better I I uh, my my best guess is that probably none of this is going to really really speak to you. So you, it is just sort of based on my own ranking. You may be surprised. I may. <clears throat> also, I may not. I may be even more surprised. <laughs> Somebody uh. may be surprised. <laughs> It's the same one. So with the Led Zeppelin, it was like... Well, yeah. So I seeded it. The ones that got the top seeds were the ones that everyone knows. That's how I did that. The, like the top, top seeds were the stairways and black dogs, et, right. et cetera, et cetera, that everyone's heard one million times. So those are kind of like the heavyweights, even though I didn't necessarily think that you or I would choose them. It was like, obviously, Led Zeppelin, number one seed overall has to be Stairway to Heaven. Right. Like that kind of thing. And then Which after I, I ran out of those, I've heard like, it enough that I knew I hate it. Right. And then after I ran out of the like the most obvious ones, then I just did it by based on how I thought you might feel. Maybe I see. So yeah. Uh, and then uh, rather than presenting all the lo fi's against each other or and all of the uh, deep endies against each other and so on, which I think would have uh, exacerbated your let's call it Smith's worry. Right. <laughs> well, Marjan loves the Smiths, and when she plays her iPod, like. She'll be skipping around, and within one quarter of one second, I'll be like, hey, that's a Smith song. I know the Smiths when I hear it. I don't know that song, but I know that's the Smiths. Yeah. Uh, with the Led Zeppelin project, uh, one of the things you have to kind of look away from in the entire conception is the idea of doing the bracket is listen to these songs carefully, pick your favorites, and then sort of like, we'll see if any of this sticks with you. Yeah. But... That's sort of based on the assumption that maybe I just hadn't heard enough Led Zeppelin. Sure. Which is kind of crazy in our culture, right? <laughs> Especially because anytime anyone plays Led Zeppelin, they're getting the lead out, so another one's on the way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've never heard Led Zeppelin played once on the radio. That's true. They never play one. No matter what station in what part of the country or whatever. It's like, and that was, uh, obviously that was uh, Battle of Evermore. And uh, coming up next is... Uh, uh, your time is going to come. And you're just like, oh, they're getting the lead out again, everybody. Yeah. Or, you know, you might get real lucky and it's a triple shot weekend and you might right. get two more. <laughs> um, it's a little less ridiculous to expose someone to the Mountain Goats, but sure, you have more exposure than 90% of the population to them just because... When did we last live together? 2005? Something like that, yeah. 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. And I discovered the Mountain Goats in 2000. So you had some time to have heard it, to have been in the environment. I believe I had heard some then. And every once in a while, you will send me something about one of their songs. So I, I have uh, a cursory understanding. Yeah. But th this is obviously much more in-depth. Um, next uh, part of this bracket here, we got Balance. Uh, From All Hail West Texas. Which you have classified as Deep Indie again, versus Golden Boy, about Peanuts. Off of the That's album right. uh, Ghana, also from the lo-fi uh, category or era. Um, I chose Balance as the winner here. To me, this was a very 90s progression. Um, it almost sounds like a, a progression that Hole would use, but a, like a little bit brighter because of the last note. Um, oh, this record was from about 97 or 98, somewhere oh, in there. Okay, well, that sort of tracks that. So it kind of does kind of track. Uh, also still feels pretty raw to me, even though this is in the deep indie and not the lo-fi. It's kind of demo tapey. 
It is. So the story of All Hail West Texas is that that boombox suddenly started working again after not having worked for years. <laughs> so he went back to the good boombox. The good, so he good went boom back box. and did, a whole, did one more album of boombox stuff. Well, let me, I'll play my favorite bit from, uh, from Balance, the winner here. Disintegrating violently, stick your tongue out. Catch the pieces as they drift down the air. I am too slow to catch them all. Not too far gone to care. Again, that kind of weird, slightly off progression. Yeah, there's a. I think it's a minor seventh chord in there. Is probably what you're hearing. Yeah, the minor minor eleven. <laughs> this is what what I was gonna say. Um, and that was enough to give it the win over Golden Boy. Uh, there's 31 fucking songs on this album. Golden Boy's on. Yeah, it's a compilation of, uh, of tapes that were, too like too little known, too indie to even get a release. So the Ghana, Protein Source of the Future Now, and... Oh, shit. What's the other one? Uh, Christ. Uh, Bitter Melon Farm were all compilations released in 2000 of very early, very rare stuff. Ah, okay. Um, So those 31 songs were not conceived of as a 31-song record. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just compilation. It's three yeah. three EPs or whatever, three records. And that's why even though it's well into the deep indie era chronologically, it, those are lo-fi albums because they're from their old material. So when I was listening to Golden Boy, I uh, I wrote down, I'm figuring out that this artist does not speak to me. <laughs> I don't like the specific image of a supermarket with Golden Boy peanuts. It does for me what story songs do for me, which is the specificity of the image ruins the poetry for me. Ah, that could be a problem. I can't, um, I can't apply it in any way, but the way that it is directly intended in the song. You know what I mean? Like if you just talked about uh, a supermarket, a fully stocked supermarket, then I could stock it with whatever I want and make it, mean whatever i wanted but since it's specifically a song about how he's gonna get these goddamn golden boy peanuts (laughs) like i don't i've never eaten a golden boy peanut i don't know what it means to him it certainly doesn't mean anything to me so it's like i'm just in there going boy this really is not i'm just not doing it for me so this is a song that exhorts you to live a good life because there are no pan-asian supermarkets in hell sure so you can't get golden boy peanuts there yeah um I so guess, it is a it is a metaphor, but the image is too specific for you. Yes, because you've never had Golden Boy peanuts. Yeah, which is to say, I think I'd enjoy this more if it was in a foreign language that I didn't understand and I didn't turn on the captions. <laughs> you know, like the way I listen to K-pop because I don't want to know what yes. the lyrics are because the lyrics are all the same anyway in K-pop. But except I li- I watched Hi Hi by, by Luna with the captions on the other day by accident, and I noticed that the last line is uh, "Fresh like Gimbop." Sweet like dumplings. <laughs> That's the last line. I don't know what they're talking about because I wasn't paying attention before then. Then you would say, uh, Diet Pepsi, uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. Talk about run for the border. Yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, it was ba- balance was the winner for me on that one. So... Uh, the first lo-fi track gets knocked... I'm sorry, that's not true. With 
these uh, the way that I mixed them into these brackets, the uh, there there are pairings in each bracket that are the same. So right, the, these two were both a lo-fi versus a deep indie. Yes, it's not the same in every bracket. Uh, it's mixed across the four. Right, like the next one is uh, Marduk T-shirt men's room incident. I think okay. there's going to again. That's a very specific <laughs> image. I was going to say there might be a problem there. Uh, from the album Heretic Pride yeah, off of autobi- in the autobiography category. Yeah, and that's going to be versus one from uh, the conceptual category. Uh, Isaiah 4523 from The Life of the World to Come. And then in the next grouping, it'll be another conceptual versus autobi- uh, autobiography. Um, yeah. All right. <clears throat> so for Marduk t-shirt, uh, men's room incident, it's hard to even say. I just had, yeah, that's not it. <laughs> I... F- <laughs> I feel like they need a producer, I guess. I didn't enjoy the backing vocals, and I feel like this was another story song. Uh, definitely. This is a story of maybe a rape or a murder? Hard to say. Lady comes in real distressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then I got to Isaiah 4523. I think uh, this one was the weakest of my winners in the, in these first 16. But it does win. It advances. Um this guy's voice for me lands in the um, that they might be giants slash Decembrist category, where I just okay. Im- imagine a weird little nerd who thinks he has really important stuff for everybody to hear. I'm noticing <laughs> that some of these notes seem really mean, and I don't mean them. That's to. fine, but I'm not hearing like what's so important. But um, still, I liked it better than um, than the Marduk one. I-, I didn't get a clip for it. Oh, that's fine. But it is the it's the winner of that grouping. Uh, then we get to shelved, which is the two seed in this, uh, in this bracket. Yes. This is from the album goths and that's versus letter from Belgium from, well, we shall all be healed. Yes. So, um, the winner in this one was shelved. I got like in the beginning when it started up, I got like some ABBA vibes from it. Or maybe like okay. maybe some of the more commercial kiss, like um, I was made for loving you. Okay. Um, and then later on, I got some U two vibes. But I was, the song does change three quarters of the way through. I was happy to hear something, did like something different. So m- more instrumentation gets introduced into the Mountain Goat songs the later you get. And I think throughout this bracket, I discovered that that's really what I was looking for. Yeah. In this one, I'm like, hey, it's nice to hear some other stuff going on besides this angry guy and his guitar. I made I made it sound like he's some kind of grunger or something. He's not. He's angry in a different way. Yeah. He's angry in a school shootery kind of way. <laughs> yeah. He's angry in a creepy little weird nerd kind of way. Sure. Um, at this point, this was like the second or third song that I'd go back and listen to again. Um, but we're only, whatever, six, seven songs in. Um, I have a clip of the part that I enjoyed the most. Some of that YouTube bits. Yeah, so this is a this is a record from the conceptual era about the death of the goth scene in Southern California in the 80s and there are a few moments when you get 
like a real chorusy guitar like that that would have existed in the 80s yeah <clears throat> yeah i liked it i was glad to hear it uh i told you um marjan and i know people who were goths in the 80s we should ask them if this is how they remember it right <laughs> is this, <laughs> this is all tracks for does them. this album speak to you is this the story that you remember uh letter from belgium did not win um yes but i said hey at least something's happening back there i don't really love some of the speak singing that's happening in it and mm. um this may have been my third favorite in this in this blue bracket so it's a shame that it's not going to advance uh i will say that the autobiography category was the most competitive for me you had a um, it had the the most songs the hardest to eliminate sure yeah i, I kind of liked that one and i was like ah too bad it's going to go out in the first round cuz uh, i liked the uh the one shelved better but um so that's that's it for the blue bracket yeah uh and then top of the green bracket uh we have no children off of tallahassee that's a deep indie and autoclave off of heretic pride in autobiography that album's right at the end of autobiography uh in terms of era so musically it's has some similarities with some of the conceptual stuff um no children the the one seed here um that moves on for me this is probably the most popular Mountain Goat song. I really like the uh, the piano bits in between the chorus and the verse. I mm-hmm. wish it had been a bigger part of the arrangement because it kind of comes and goes. Um, but this was still one of the better ones so far through this um, bracket. Here, I'll play, a, play the clip of the bit I like. I kind of wish they'd made that sort of the core of the arrangement, actually. Because it was, yeah, do, it was it doing is. it for me. Well, it's at the it's in the intro, and it has there a couple of transitions, so it is in there a couple of times. Yeah. Um, autoclave didn't really work for me. Again, I had a, the same problem I have all the way through with the imagery. Again, I don't know. I feel like my heart's an oven, or my heart's a bonfire or my heart's an incinerator or something a little different would be slightly less nerdy and maybe more open to interpretation the autoclave has a specific image of an autoclave it has such a specific use that it's just like it just i'm trying to i'm trying to open it up a little bit so that we can all just kind of go back and take it our own way it is obviously the artist's choice to make it as specific to them as they wish but um I don't know. I feel like it, it limits sort of the impact it can have or the number of people it can impact, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that one didn't really work for me. No children advances. Uh, moving on to the next part, we have Cotton off of We Shall All Be Healed and International Small Arms Traffic Blues off of Tallahassee. Ooh, another real specific metaphor song. Yeah, I have their written verse. Oh, actually, there's five, four or five specific metaphors in that one. <laughs> I was like, verses two and three are my problem. Uh, the first verse in International Small Arms Traffic Blues didn't bother me that much, but the next couple turned turned me off a little bit. Um, uh, the first one is Powder Keg. Yes, Powder Keg. I thought was was widely enough. You can do enough with it, but you were not into our love is like the border between Greece and Albania. That's a little specific. 
a little specific. Yeah, that's a little. To me, it's just it's too clever. It's uh, let's not work so hard on being clever. Let's make let's open it up. Um, Cotton, I did like. Um, sort of an interesting progression. Some good piano accompaniment or electric piano or keyboard or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I'll play the clip. Now, technically, very, I, very end of the song there. Yeah, technically, I played the end. To me, that was just it was the um, sort of the cleanest example of what the keyboard was doing for a lot of that song. Yeah. Um. Again, just uh, good. That was a good mood for me. Uh, this is a song that has been featured on the TV show Weeds. Oh, okay. Weeds. I have not seen that one, but I know that you have yeah. seen it. Uh, I watched a few episodes, a few seasons of it before it got. Just wild. I mean, it's pretty wild to start with, but it gets very wild. Right. Uh, halfway through this green bracket, uh, next we have Age of Kings off of All Eternal's deck and Going to Monaco off of Bitter Melon Farm. So Age of Kings is instrumented pretty differently. Yeah. It's got a lot of strings in it. I refer to them as helpful strings. Helpful strings. <laughs> I think this may, this is where I write. I think this may be the key for me. Um, the guitar work is all, is pretty similar all the way throughout the catalog. It seems, at least from what I've heard so far. So I need some more stuff happening in the back to get into it. Even if these particular strings at one at some points get a bit clever. <laughs> um, but but for the first for the first half of the song, they're just doing like what um, what they might have done on a cranberry song or on a Smashing Pumpkins song. Sure, or... they're, the strings are mostly staccato. Yeah, um, with uh, transitioning to some longer passages in the choruses here. Right, um, and yeah, here I can play some strings that I enjoyed. To throw the switch. Felt your name burning like a tattoo into my skin. Rain on the clay tiles all night Your head nestled beneath my chin Gold light shining on You kind of get the idea. Um, yep. So that was that, that worked for me. Uh, I actually have Age of Kings winning here. Going to Monaco didn't get it done for me. Well, it's uh, back down to the lo-fi. You only have one lo-fi winner so far. I just, yeah, I think I just maybe need, with this particular act, I think I need more uh, instrumentation going on. Yeah. Uh, and then Pure Heat, uh, off of Protein Source of the, of the Future Now, and uh, Song for Ted Cialis, which is what <laughs> I've been calling it since I've seen of, it. Uh, the most recent Mountain Guns release, the Hex of Infinite Binding EP. Uh, and this one is only my second, well, I guess what we'd call an upset. I have the song for Ted Cialis winning this one. For me, it was uh, a little bit weird instrumentation, some rubato. Um, it, it made this a more interesting listen, and especially at first blush. Like I said, that's what I'm usually looking for is, well, that was a little odd. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, Pure Heat is a very Mountain Goats, Mountain Goats song. Yeah, that one, I said no real notes. It's it's sort of dull for me. It didn't really do it. Um, Ted Cialis takes it. And I'll play some of the, the, the mood music near the end that I liked. Try to picture him in my mind's eye. Say goodbye. The skin you woke up in? Is that what he's saying? Uh, Ted Salas is the human who transforms into the thing or swamp thing or something uh, like that. Ted Cialis, right. Yeah. I thought he was the guy from the Cialis commercials. This is Ted. <laughs> there was there was one of those, wasn't Right? There? Was it, wasn't that a Cialis ad? But isn't that an Extends commercial? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Cialis is just uh, two old people in bathtubs <laughs> next to each other in the sunset outdoors. You're probably right. But what was that, though? Was that Extends? <clears throat> I thought that was Jimmy Johnson's was thing. Extends or something. Doesn't it always Jimmy Johnson for Extends? Not cheese, maybe. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> um, so in the first uh, 16 tracks here, I only had a couple of what we would call upsets. Um, but I actually... Yeah. So there are a number of these in here that I would I would listen to again, and of course I will have to for this tournament. But um, you're gonna, From the winners, you definitely will have to. Yeah, I mean, I, I like some of these. These are things I could the, get into, but again, it is late in the era. The only loser that you seemed uh, positive about was Letter from Belgium. So, uh, Which one was that? Let me see. Oh, well, the one that lost to uh, Shelved. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I might go back and listen to that one again, too. Um. So yeah, so I it's um I'd say I had a better hit rate on this than you had with Led Zeppelin, but I think you already kind of had your I don't want to say you had your mind made up, but you already knew it, that you didn't like Led Zeppelin. Well, there are some like the the ones that got to the top of the bracket, Cashmere and um Oh shit. Uh, what was number 2? Was it um uh what's it called? Since I've been loving you? No, you know it wasn't. It was. Uh, it was another like weird epic one. I think frequency. Shit. Star- no, just starring Dennis Quaid. I should just go to the bracket. I I just tried to, to and I brotherdate.com. Hold on, I just clicked it. Zap. Uh, yeah, it was the teal division champ was since I've been loving you, and the orange oh. division champ was Cashmere. Oh, it must have been. Uh, but there was also immigrant song uh, and dancing the, days. The dancing days, yeah. yeah. Those 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 four are probably roughly, roughly the ones I would listen to again. The trouble, of course, is that if you're going to listen to Cashmere, you got to set aside ten minutes. <laughs> yep, a good, a solid ten. That's all right. It's not it's, as bad as um, uh, Achilles' Last Stand. You gotta you gotta set aside even more for that one. Yeah, but then I would just listen to that Muse song instead. <laughs> uh, by the way, have you listened to any Led Zeppelin since that tournament, or, or did it actually have the uh, I mean, reverse just, effect? Just in the just in the environment. Just it gave you the reverse effect of having listened yeah, I'm to pretty so saturated much Led Zeppelin. Is frankly, is frankly, the, I still feel saturated on Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I don't blame you. There was a lot. So there. we're um, we're halfway through the first round of another probably unsuccessful project. I don't know. I feel good about it. Well, I told good. you if I come out of here with a handful of songs that I want to listen to that I can add to a playlist or something, then I'm in good shape. I'm just always looking for new new shit. That is true. And if it makes me dive deeper into the catalog and check out what else is going on. Pfft, there you go. That's all that matters. You have picked uh, 
four songs from the conceptual era. That might be my era. So it seems like uh, at least halfway through the first round of this bracket, the most recent Mountain Goats era is the era that you would be most interested in, which is good at least. How long would you say that this dude and this group have been at it? Whatever they are. Uh, Since the early 90s. Okay, they're just hitting their stride, it seems like. Yeah, They're in really, about the last five years, roughly, is where you, where you feel they about to take off. Good about them. If, that's right. It's about to happen for them. <laughs> it's really like if they've they discovered just... jazz fusion, <laughs> and for right. some reason, that's the key ingredient for you. I almost put that down on one of them. I don't remember which one. I was like, "Oh, it's a little fusiony," and then I, went, I shouldn't say that. Well, the entire the Goths album is very fusiony. <laughs> I shouldn't say it though. One, people will do the wanking motion, and two, I feel like my love for for fusion is going to become a thing that's it's not real i don't actually own any fusion records just the marvin gay uh i mean like i feel like it's constantly on the verge of happening for, for you the um the helena delon stuff there was uh, some stuff in there that was is a there's a little fusiony stuff happening in there so you're not wrong it's like i it's tough like it's a thing you might be about to discover about yourself well then maybe i'm just hitting my stride i've been at it since yeah. the early 90s too even before, I wasn't born in the early 90s, everybody. The, I mean, the good news is uh, that's a whole genre that's out there waiting for you. I know. And with some respected musicians, I should probably just do it. But then just suck it up. You're, aren't you afraid that the next tournament will be a Jazz Fusion tournament that you have to listen to? I mean, a little <laughs> bit, but I'm in, I'm in the same camp as you. Like, I'm, I also could always use more new music. Yeah, I, um, it's actually been a pretty good year for me. I've uh, just, or at least 2018, like looking back on uh, all the shit that got added to my, my iTunes and whatever. So, hey, how do you listen to music? I need uh, to know I, this because I straight buy it off of Amazon. I need to know the best ways to listen to music because my I still use an iPod and that thing. Oh, it's I almost have a dead. phone. I have a phone that's got enough gigabytes of space that I can just put all my music on. But it. you do, you don't just use streaming services. You do straight buy them and put them on your phone. I do, and here's the thing. Well, I don't know how much longer it's going to be tenable because there aren't there aren't so many album artists these days. Sure. Um, for instance, did you just talked a, uh, a few weeks ago about Helena Delon and how she just releases yeah. like two one, one two, two at songs a at a time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I my guess is that that's going to be the model going forward. I think it kind of has to be. But uh, especially if I'm dipping back into anything made, you know, before 2010 or something like that, I am an album person because I do love the sort of voyage through an album. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's a deep cut. Maybe two songs work well together. Um, There's a Renz song. I thought about doing a Renz bracket, but they only have four albums worth of material, really. You could do a 16-songer or something like that. It would have to be a 16-songer. Um the there's a song at the end of uh the meadowlands which is their sort of seminal 2004 album that we're by the way the he's tweeting again about the follow-up to that record being ready to go (laughs) it's a chinese democracy situation it's like chinese democracy but but like definitely with much more potential for disappointment like by the time chinese democracy came out were there any actual guns and roses fans left i don't i don't know i think at that point they'd already done the thing where they're like oh no one cares about us anymore now that we're fighting we better get back together right and then like broke up again after that but like there's a song at the end of the meadowlands where 
it's like a six minute song wraps up the album. And then at the end, there are musical stings from two of the other songs on the record that work their way in. Mm. And it's like, that's only interesting if you've, Yes. If you know the record. If you've gone on right? the journey, that's interesting. It's like when you listen to um, uh, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, and at the end of Inner City Blues, he breaks right back into Mother, Mother, and you're like, oh, this is hitting me. This is the one right, right here. Um, so, the, But the problem with the way I do it is that there is no, there's no discovery mechanism. Yeah. Amazon doesn't do a good job of recommending music, let's say. No, it goes, right? hey, you bought this Renz record. You want this same Renz record? That's that. Yeah, that's Am- big Amazon style. You want to buy it three more times? <laughs> Fucking Amazon. Um, I bought some paper plates off Amazon the other day. It's recommending me paper plates out the fucking ass. Yep. Yeah, the, I think the very first time I realized how weak Amazon's recommendation engine was, was I bought a can opener, and then the next time I went to Amazon, it showed me ads for, like, five more can openers, and I just, I said out loud, I've never needed a can opener less than I need one now. That's exactly right. This is the moment when I least need a can opener. For me, it was a vacuum. I bought a vacuum cleaner, and it was like, hey, uh, I heard you're into vacuum cleaners. I was like, no, I needed one, and now I have one. I won't need one again for a very long time, unless you sold me a lemon. Like I don't need another vacuum cleaner. But so so the uh, the other problem is that I listen to so many podcasts. Yeah. That like something would have to give if I got a Spotify or a people are done with title right that didn't end up happening. I don't even I don't know of it. That's the special one you had to get if you wanted to listen to Beyonce. Oh, she was trying to <laughs> prop that like up. That. Prop it up on her right. own. Yeah. Uh, or I guess people do Apple Music, right? Yes, there's Apple Music. There's, um, there's Spotify. There, I feel like there's more. There's, there's uh, Pandora, but I think that's on the way out. Okay. And then, of course, if you are into SoundCloud rappers, you have to listen to them on SoundCloud. You know, if if Pandora goes out, I'm gonna need to build build a new Christmas playlist somewhere. Oh yeah, that's got my good good blue Christmas radio station on it. Honestly, it's probably just a matter of time. Like the last, the the maybe two, or I picked up two or three new artists in 2018. Uh, I picked up the band Ohm because they were a guest on a live episode of Judge John Hodgman. Uh-huh. Uh, I picked up uh, Julia Jacklin because she opened for First Aid Kit when I saw First Aid Kit in concert. Right. So it's like, <laughs> that's not, by the way, do people, that's not sustainable. Do people call them FAC? I haven't heard them call them FAC. They should call them FAC because it kind of sounds Doesn't like Doesn't it you're seem like it. FAK would be an acronym for some part of the Nazi party that you didn't, you don't really know about? Yeah, I don't know. So the K is a weird letter. You, it just feels yeah. bad because of what's been done to it. You get that K in there, and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, what kind of K we, is this? What's that K stand for? Yeah. Well, I'm just worried about it all the time because I know my iPod's going to go out, and I'm just like, should I do a stream? Oh, should I do a streaming solution? Should I just buy it in and the shove it onto a phone and in, in the worst decision ever made they stopped making them yeah i know because my eye my regular ipod also died and i was so mad like it's still kicking but like i can't imagine it's gonna be very long and it, if you want to buy a standalone music player there's like 20 dollar ones from china where you put an sd card in there <laughs> and it's got like no interface that works yep. and they're garbage or a zoom you can buy you can buy a fancy one for like audio files that cost twelve hundred dollars <laughs> right yeah and it oh it'll but it'll play a lossless audio format that's you know well i mean you know if you use that format you can only get 18 songs on there but still 
And so it's just like, it's a real gulf. It's phone or nothing, basically, these days. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I'm about to figure it out. And then, you know, like, it's not that the iPhone speaker is terrible, but you're going to want to listen to it with headphones. And then they took away the headphone jacks, so now they've got to be special <sighs> headphones. They've got to be yeah, the dumb lightning thing. Either lightning cable or I just use Bluetooth headphones. Right, yeah. I just have, Pair there up. are three pairs of Bluetooth headphones on my desk right now because, of course, they're battery powered. Right. Yeah, I bought an album today. Um, what did you buy? YouTube. I was again. I found some weird stuff this week that did it for me. I sent you that Lim Kim song, but I didn't. I didn't buy that record. I bought a Japanese Breakfast album. Have you ever bought a K-pop album? Hold on. What's Japanese Breakfast? Uh, some. I know uh, YouTube now knows what I want. It gets some moody, uh, Portland-inspired chick rock. Ah. And um, I heard there was a song called Boyish that I listened to that did it for me. And then I heard another one. I don't remember what it was called because I haven't really, I haven't had a chance to dive in. But I went, all right, I'm just going to buy this record. I'm just going to jump in. And then I'm going to take the journey. I'm going to go through the album. So I still do that. <laughs> I won't do it for everything. But I'll do it if if it seems like they might have an artistic thing going on. There's uh, there's a YouTube forging video where a guy makes a knife out of an old Civil War bayonet and the license-free track that he's added at the back uh, from YouTube I really like. And I keep I keep being like, should I try and fi- find out if this is a real band? Should you message that guy, the weirdo with the video? Hey, what do you got? What song is this? No, no, he lists, he lists no, he what lists it is. It. Oh. You can, so you can listen to it. But then I'm like, oh, man, I, I'm kind of into this, but... This seems like such a weird thing to try and buy a record of these people <laughs> who made this one track and licensed it for YouTube use. It's not like a weird instrumental, is it? Like, is it? No, it's got words and everything. Dude, go for it. That's a good origin yeah, story. Probably should. You should be I like, yeah, I fucking should. heard this in a uh, amateur smithing video on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, hardcore. I got into these guys because I watched the, that uh, Green Beetle forging channel. <laughs> Was that the same one? There's one of them that you sent me where he, he had all the spreadsheets about uh, forged and fire. Spreadsheet guy, it's the guy with yeah. The and I went, is this just fire? you? Is this you? You're, this is your channel. You're trying to now, pass this off. I was as somebody not introducing else. you to my secret YouTube identity <laughs> guy who makes a lot of uh, canister Damascus out of fish hooks <laughs> and makes knives out of it. Uh, You've seen the only knife I ever made. Would you? Would you like to get a forge if you could? N- no, no, I wouldn't either. <laughs> No, I've uh, I have thought about it. Uh, the I'm the problem is it's the the first two hundred hours of forging are wasted, right? Oh yeah, you just make a bunch of garbage. Like you're gonna make a bunch of garbage, bad knives. You're gonna make the stuff that Jordy was trying to beam over the other week. Yeah, and <laughs> I might not exactly, and I might not have two hundred hours worth of interest in it also if you make that shit it's happen, very hot very dirty work if you make that shit happen you got to spend time on it you can't just have that there and then never use it and be like yeah i put nope. that forge back there i haven't used it in three years like that's not good no yeah this is my 800 hundred dollar tempering oven yeah i used it once i haven't used it again since yeah i do i mean i tempered one knife with it it's pretty hard i tried to make a pizza and it didn't really work also i'm not that good at hand sharpening knives but i guess you would get that good wouldn't you uh, but yeah, put in your 10,000 hours. 200 is not enough. You got to put in 10,000. Exactly. So, no, uh, I've thought about it. This is actually a conversation I had with uh, Ben uh, the last time we went up to Ryan's cabin mm. about would you like to do this? And I, I'm I, I'm just realistic about it. Like, 
no. Like, yeah. I just know I wouldn't do it. Every time I watch that show, I'm like, this is really interesting. I like watching this, but there's no way in hell you're going to put me anywhere near one of those fucking forges. Not doing mm-hmm. it. For one thing, Listen, I, I get I migraines, of like, and they are yeah. set off by everything. Oh, yeah, and I bet uh, hammering steel is yep. definitely a migraine Hammering trigger. steel in 135 degrees or whatever in the room? Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll fucking die right there. But also, it's just a lot of work. Yeah. But I might... Like, if I moved to a place where I had a workshop, I I could see having some belt grinders and maybe making a knife out of uh, some stock, you know? Mm-hmm. Just sort of fab- fabricating a blade instead of... What if I... Um, forging one. Ask you to go into a junk pile and pull out what you thought was the good steel and then to make some knives out of that. I mean, I'd get like a saw blade or... Okay, good. You got to know the good stuff to go after. Maybe like a, <laughs> uh, a digging arm on a tractor or something. Yeah, something, something like hard. that. Uh, our uh, our grandfather in Wyoming has a knife that he made out of a old scythe he found on his yeah. uh, Montana property. That's that's a cutting thing. Yeah, that's going to be good. Yep. Yeah. So at least you've been properly trained to go into the junk pile and come out with the right. Oh, yeah. with the I'm right not coming steel. back with some mild steel or mystery metal that you can't even temper. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like even no, I am prepared. A minimum, I'd get a leaf spring. There's no reason I should be prepared to do that, but now I am. I've watched enough Forged in Fire that if someone says, go get me the good steel out of that junk pile, I'll be like, all right. But I'm that way about almost any process. Like, I will, I watch all kinds of metalworking videos where people turn stuff on a lathe. Yeah. And it's like, like, I know a lot about how you cut threads into metal. Like how you would make something into a, a screw or a threaded end or something like uh, that. Yeah. I will never, I will never have to do that. Do you know enough to teach those guys on the alien planet how to make rifled barrels? Ooh, you know, I don't. Okay. I actually don't know how they're cut in. You better get into it. You better see a video. Seems like you'd need a long specialist tool. You know what? Honestly, you could probably do it with a funky setup on a lathe. Because the Klingons they sent to that planet definitely knew exactly how to do that. Well, probably what you do is you have a screw that that moves the carriage that holds the cutting tool at the same rate, like at a fixed rate compared to the number of uh, revolutions of the lathe part, the chuck. Right. Chuck and Mike. You're going to hire them to do it? That's a bad strategy. Or maybe a really good strategy. It's a really uh, good you know, strategy. It might, ta- it might take them a while, but I bet you'd get a really good rifle barrel out of <laughs> that's it. That's going to be a really, that's actually going to be the best one. Out of all the ones that you have made, the one that they made, you're going to be like, no, nah, this is the one. I'm going to use this one from now on. I had a checker at Safeway who was a little Chuck and Mikey uh, the other day, and he did a. I mean, I feel like we're you knew that you knew this guy knew his shit. We're riding some lines here, I think. But you yeah, know what? Look, this is I, a good way to end it. I think. I think probably probably right. <laughs> uh, next week's a Star Trek, right? Boy, it sure is. We're watching Patterns of Force. I don't know which one that is. Well, we're back on the clock. Oh my god. Okay. Yep. We're watching The Survivors. I know which one that is. Pumped. Uh, Second Skin. Okay. It's a, it's a Deep Space Nine episode. Yep. <laughs> uh, Future's End Part 2. Yes. We get to yes. find out all about the further adventures of Ed Begley Jr. and Sarah Silverman. I can't wait. And uh, Bounty is the Enterprise episode we're watching. All right. Um, could be. I'm guessing it'll slot into third place. That's about where they live these days. <laughs> they have been, they've been sitting right in third place lately. So <laughs> um, that's what you should watch if you want to play along. Ben will play. Uh, ben Ben probably will play along. He's 
uh, of the f- this will be the fiftieth episode, and he's oh, probably yeah. turned in what would you say forty sets of notes? Yeah, he didn't do it in the beginning. I don't remember when he when he started, but he's only yeah. missed like one or two since he started. So yeah, and uh, even those he didn't really miss. It's just they his notes came yeah. in after, and we don't tell anybody when we're recording because we don't really decide ahead of time. No, no, we're on the dark web. This is all shadow work. Yeah, I'm not telling anyone anything. So he never really knows when he's got to get those damn notes in by. Um. Yeah, and big number fifty next week. Star Trek number fifty for us. Yeah, boy, imagine having watched two hundred and fifty-four <laughs> hours. Of I don't Star have to Trek. fucking imagine it. And then doing another two hundred and fifty hours of work on it. That's not great. It's not great. It's not great. It's not. At all, it's not like it's not the best thing that I've thought about in a while. Uh, tweet at us for our next mailbag at Brother Date. Uh, subscribe iTunes also e- sort of e- Stitcher but sort, sort of. of Stitcher uh, the got Stitcher like a... guys got back to me it turns out that our my podcast my host is too slow in returning <laughs> the data so it actually times out on Stitcher <laughs> that's why uh, they so have a, we, you know, a random spattering of like 10 episodes on there yeah we may uh, we may end up migrating to a, another host at some point uh, we'll have details if it does because it might mess up your feeds but, but bro I'm a major Stitcher head Oh, but it, it, yes, when we migrate to another host, then Stitcher would start working. Oh, okay, all right, that's fine. Okay. Right. We are there. Our show is there. Yeah, it's technically on Stitcher. The new episodes seem it's, to actually go up. But. You can just only see, well, they're, you know, they're at the top of the feed. I think that's the key. Well, I think I've, I've checked, and the whole feed on Stitcher is only like 10 episodes. But, um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you can also, uh, you can send us an email if you want to send us, maybe a clip of your own voice. Let's all hear everyone's crazy voice out there. Yeah, everyone get one in. What do you guys? We, we know Ben's voice. What do you sound We've like? We've heard Battery's voice, uh, and no one else. You can go to the website brotherday.com. That's where we're keeping this Mountain Goats bracket. You can see what's up in the bracket. Um, you can play along. You can copy it. Right? They can probably copy it. They can make a copy and then clear out your choices for the first round. Or keep them. I made good choices. You can keep my yeah, choices. You made good if you choices. Want. Uh, and we'll be back with more of this in uh, two weeks. But again, next week is Star Trek. Thank you, everybody. Science it's not science. First place. Definitely not science. It's um. What was that one where you could talk to someone through a radio? Uh. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is good. I'm glad <laughs> this is happening. This is what I wanted. Please subscribe.